It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. North Wilkesboro All-Star Weekend in the books. Kyle Larson showed up with a rocket ship after being in Indianapolis basically all week and just destroyed Wilkesboro. Just took it. Just took it under his wing. The atmosphere looked crazy. Got a lot to unpack from that race and then a lot to look forward to as we approach the greatest weekend in the month of May, the greatest weekend in motorsports. We've got uh, IndyCar, Indy 500, the Coke 600. Odds are out. We're going to talk a little bit about them and preview that, give some early leans. But we're back. It's been a couple of days since uh, Dale and I have actually got to to sit and talk. We we got to catch up a little bit, and now we're here talking to you. Uh, it's been two Dale, weeks since we've been together on this pod. It's crazy. It has. It has been a while. We 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 both kind of had like our little hiatuses. Like I took my, I took like my four or five day social media hiatus, which I've n- never truly done that. I don't think, and it was probably one of the most relaxingest things I've ever done, but like scary relaxing because like you get to like that last day of it where you have to force yourself out and I'm just sitting in like a recliner, like, like just a slob of human watching like binge watching Netflix shows. So, but I'm back and you're back and we, and we talked and we're excited. This really is the best time of the year. It's like Christmas for race fans. Yeah, it's the greatest weekend in, in motorsports, period. And you got to, I will give a mention to Monaco. It's, you know, if I, if I'm not hungover, I've probably said, I said this on a podcast earlier and I've said this on Twitter. If I'm not hungover from Saturday night, cause I will be in Indianapolis, uh, I'll, I'll watch Monaco in the morning because it is, it is fun. Like that day, it's like, I don't care if the racing's not good. Like I, I just want I, I just want to watch because everything just perfectly bleeds into each other and it's just a magical magical day for motorsports because that is Formula One's crown jewel event. It's yeah. Netflix and yachts. That's all it is. But it is their crown jewel. And then you have in the Indy Five Hundred, which is the largest sporting event on planet Earth. Fact. And then you have the Coke Six Hundred, which is a crown jewel for NASCAR. So it's just a fucking amazing amazing day i, I will be at the indy question. 500 i got a good question do you think we would ever see like tom brady at a coke 600 and not monaco Ooh, yeah uh, well you know this is this is part of the vision right this is part of the vision to get nascar back to that height that we're kind of seeing f1 in from an international standpoint but no i mean dude back in the 2000s man like anybody any body of super or superior superior famous stature would go to NASCAR races. Yeah. Like LeBron James was at fucking Bristol in 2005. Like how amazing is that? You know? So, right. yeah, I mean, the, the Formula One fad is going to soak everybody in for a while. And it's, you know, it's the pinnacle of not just ingenuity with racing, but it's, it's the pinnacle of like celebrity motorsports too, because of the luxury status. So, yeah, I mean, it's Monaco would be fucking sick to go to. I will not deny that. Yes, I want to go. I still it's Netflix and yachts. And I would want to go to be on a yacht. Watching, you know, 
Netflix. That'd you be pretty dress sick. Dress up as like your F1 nerd character. Let me throw watermelons at your head and people think it's like a serious thing. Dude, I'm telling you, one day we're gonna we're gonna get like a fake credential for oh, yeah. me for the for a Formula One event. And then I'm I'll be perma banned. I'm going to. Yeah, but I mean, dude, if we if the costume, imagine the costume on the grid, man. You have to have that. You have to. Like, I like look, that is like the one day. Like, I, I've already we've talked to uh we've talked to one of our guys that we met at Talladega that does a lot of uh I think Vincenzo is his name. He does some of the F1 stuff. Told him, like, my dream is to just, like, roll up to Monaco in, like, a riverboat with, like, a Yamaha 25 and, like, have cut-off sleeves, jorts, and then just go get Charles Leclerc and interview him in this riverboat by yachts. That's my dream, dude. Like a Kenny Powers roll-up in his jet ski? Yeah. And just ask him very absurd questions, but like he has to do the interview, like he can't get out of it, like it's very important. And then also you like, and like you would just kind of like be on the dock just with your hands, and you'd be in your like full get up, like the nerd F one guy, just staring like with that with the teeth, like that would be the vibe. Like and I think we could get the fear out of him, and he could actually win races again. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but. That's a vision. It's a vision that that's got to happen at some point. But for now, we are. I'm more than happy to be stuck with the Indy 500 and with the Coke 600. But I don't want to get ahead of. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. No, we're uh, we got to talk about, about next weekend, bro. I know it's just so great, but we got to talk about. Is North there really Wilkesboro. much to talk about? Like, let's be honest. Like North Wilkesboro, from everything that we saw throughout this week and and I'm sure everyone listening to this will agree everything that we saw online for the people that went there the, the everyone I've talked to that went there and experienced it it was a, a just this magical like real grassroots NASCAR thing like I saw our guy cornbread cowboy Ori Lee he was out there vibing out with his 70s gear on like it was just it was a beautiful scene dude you had dw in the booth you had richard petty like pulling the mic away from dw like i felt like that was disrespectful but other people saw it the other way around dude no that was hilarious come on they're they're friends that was awesome i know but everybody was like everybody was like taking up for richard like hey dw that's the king i'm like no for me like dw's the king bro like you give dw the mic like give give richard you can give both of them a steering wheel but you got to give dw the mic you know their command was good like that was for the command like usually when you have a bunch of guys or more than one person do the command to start the engines together. It's always fucked up and out of sync. Yeah. They did a good job. Like DW counted it down and they, it was good. I remember immediately I told my dad, I was like, wow, I was actually, I was expecting it to be bad. That was well done. Now talking about the hype of the event, it was awesome. I thought the NASCAR, uh, I usually, you know, I'm kind of 50, 50 on watching the pre-race show. I like, sometimes it's just kind of, Honestly, like just quite frankly, I feel like it's not that entertaining. It's some weeks. This one, no, was no, ever. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. This pre-race show was really good. I loved the atmosphere. You had Dale Jr. that popped up in there. You had several guests that were just talking about the coolness, the fucking electricity of the event. I thought the intros were good. I thought that like the 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 things that the drivers did were good, and D'Angelo Williams was really good. But like Adams Alexander is not a pump up guy. 
He's a good lead announcer. He's not a pump up guy. Jamie Little, fantastic at her job. Not the ideal like pump up person, I would imagine for that event. Right. But I mean, honestly, I don't like to give my opinion on a place unless I've actually been there and my feet have been on the ground and I've experienced that energy. I didn't get to do that. So I really can't say much, but like it had like flash vibes, but in the woods, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Like the attendance was around 30,000, which is not amazing you would think but it filled up the arena you know it filled up what their capacity was it didn't sell out because they have supposedly had some more ticket packages that were available but it was you know 95 to 99 percent full which is great and there were it, it was very very high energy all around and i know all the introductory shit is secondary at best to everything else like the weekend was a massive success the truck race was good. The truck race was good. The late model races, I didn't, I saw highlights, but they were probably good. You know, you had a lot of star power in those late model events. Um, but the truck race is really good. The truck race is competitive. You could pass a lot. You had guys experimenting, running some, some uh, exotic lines like Matt Crafton. And it did kind of translate into the cup race to, you know, a, a slight degree, but the truck race was great. Kyle Larson whipped everybody's ass. And then Sunday comes around. The open was good. Now, just an announcement here. Important announcement. Michael McDowell will be in prison on Dale Center for really? the foreseeable future for that. He's Judas. Dude. He that. My I created these two bets and one of them hit, one of them didn't. It was another bad betting weekend for me. Like cup was positive, trucks off the rails bad. But um lock of the universe. I did I had two lock of the universe, and I, I kind of had this idea, and I there's probably a lot of followers that don't remember this, but remember when I put 10 units on Chris Busher in the all-star open at Texas? I'll never forget that day. And he jumped the start of the race and had a pit under. Yeah, that I need to make up for that with All-Star Weekend. So I had two four-unit bets. I'm sorry. One of them was a five-unit bet. It fucking lost. But the other bet was Ty Gibbs. It was Lock of the Universe 2. Lock of the Universe 1 was William Byron for a top three in the truck race. He was awful. He lost, And he was awful the whole weekend. I, I was stunned. He was awful in the truck race. And even worse than the cup race. Crazy. I just I, I just did not see that. I think a lot of people were shocked by that. But lock of the universe number two was Ty Gibbs just to get a top three in the open. Just to get a top three. It was plus money. It was an amazing bet. It was the the it was a better hammer time than the other one. And Michael McDowell tried everything he could to fuck that up. Mm-hmm. And I was going crazy. I was going crazy. My dad's yelling at me. My dogs are all barking because I'm yelling. I'm like, that motherfucking piece of shit. Like, I was angry. I was upset. And as a supposed man of of faith, Michael McDowell, Jesus was not happy. I promise. There's no way Jesus, you got to be thinking about Jesus in that spot if you're Michael McDowell. And, you know, what he did wasn't really malicious. It wasn't like a Kenseth V. Logano. 
but it was horseshit because it was a guy who had nothing to race for, who got cleanly, I call it a clean bump and run that Ty Gibbs gave him. It was a clean bump and run, and McDowell got fucked because Justin Haley had a huge checkup on the outside, and he ran into him, and that's why he wrecked. Yeah. And then Michael McDowell is a lap down, two laps down, nothing to race for, nothing to race for, and they fix him up just to come back on track to try to manipulate the outcome of the race by blocking Ty Gibbs and getting in his way that and was roughing him up. And that was the giant Judas move from him, and that's why I fully support your move prison but look hey what really matters is like you got your top here on the top three day he rose again dude and that's what counts he, so, he survived i appreciate ty for that he did come through even with all that adversity man like that was all jokes aside that was that was cool like survived because a lot dude it's tough to survive a payback like that it I is I was upset. I was so scared because I was thinking the whole time, like I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really thinking about Michael McDowell. I was just thinking about like our, our, our man's Mark Martin's just having to sit at home and watch his paint job be disgraced. Dude. And I was, I was wearing, this is just the worst coincidence ever. I was wearing the Mark Martin Folger shirt too. Oh no. By complete accident. I was wearing that shirt. And I'm watching this Folgers throwback try to fuck up my life. Ooh. I mean, dude, I, I ate five guys earlier that day. Dude, so dude, I had dude. to have that bet. I had to have that bet hit. Oh, dude. And, and we got like your fries, bro. Michael McDowell not thinking about Jesus. Mm-mm. You know, that that's it was disappointing. Well, it's like Kip Richards said, he's just really mad because he's no longer the star Christian in the sport of NASCAR anymore. Like that's what's happened here. What's been a little replaced? Yeah, he's there. That's what Kip Richards said. By the way, shout out the Garage Guys report is live. It's on Garage Guys YouTube. The report is back. If you didn't know, now you know. Go check it out. Go right now. Appreciate. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, you guys check that out for sure over on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share. It's good content. But I have to talk about the star Christian. Yeah, that's what Kit Richards said on on the report. He said that he said what's really going on here is that he, my, Michael McDowell is just really upset because he is no longer the star Christian in the sport of NASCAR like cuz Ty Gibbs is taking that spot. I don't think he ever was though. Yeah. Trevor Bain maybe? Dude, no. I think Trevor Bain was pretty no. religious. Michael McDowell was like, dude, Michael McDowell like has an invisible Jesus fish on the back of his NASCAR for like years, dude. Like he, I feel like he had to have that, you know what I mean? Because he, he's like that really quiet guy. But then when he got in that fight with Daniel Suarez, that's when I was starting to question things. That's when I was just like, man, he's just starting beef with just random people. And you're like a grown man. Ty Gibbs is just like this little guy. And then he comes on and he's like, I'm not taking it no more. It's like, He's like that Southern Baptist preacher that got really upset and his true color started coming out. And then it actually turned out, you know, that he was not so good of a guy. So, yeah, who knows, man? They, we all know that one guy that lives in the woods from the church. Yeah. Just, just think about what Jesus would have. Michael, you, just think about what Jesus would have wanted. And think about the lack of consideration that I had to pay for five guys earlier that day is is – repulsive michael it's shameful that there is no consideration that you know i just i just went to the bank opened up a new line of credit 
remortgage my house. I take it to five guys, sign the paperwork, and I get a che- a cheeseburger and some Cajun fries. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the paperwork necessary to get a milkshake too much. But I did have everything else. And the fact that Michael could not consider that in my lock of the universe bet is it's disgraceful. You know, it's disgraceful. I, I don't think a prayer makes makes up for it. I don't. Do you think he's going to be able to survive prison? I don't think he's going to last long. I don't think he would. No, I mean, I, look, it's not going to be a permanent deal. Michael has not done that. That This is the first bad thing Michael McDowell has done to me. It's bad. It's egregious. Yeah, he's not going to be in prison forever, though. Like, you, I can't express enough that Martin got to be on the prison wall, dude. Like, that is like the last person that I ever thought we would hear on the prison wall, dude. Yeah, but I mean, look, that was he that was, was brutal, man. I mean, that was fucking really? brutal. He did, but and that's the thing, Martin. You know, he'll be out before Martin because, like I said, this is this is like a two and a half, three year deal with what I've dealt with with Martin Truex. So. You know, Martin's already got the beard and everything, dude. Like he's like very, he's just like he's chill, dude. He's like comfortable with it. Like he's scraggly. He's just like chilling. He's vibing. Like McDowell, dude. He ain't got no facial hair. He, I just, I don't think. I think he would like immediately be like, "Where do I go sign up to be a preacher?" Like that would be the first thing he would do in prison. He would. That's what he's going to do. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to try to redeem himself. So we'll see he how. Used to be sponsored. Used to be sponsored by Caleb. Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. I, I, I do. I do remember that thing. It's crazy. But yeah, uh, so that was our saga of uh, religion in NASCAR in the All-Star Open. Uh, great religion race. Uh, after that, please, though, please do not take this conversation seriously, people. I'm just saying like I, you ruined the joke. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> I mean, dude, you just have to do that. I'm not, I'm not like a, I just, we, we believe everything should be able to be made fun of. Like everything. That's, that's what makes the world better. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. It's true. It does make the world better. hundred percent. And I agree with you on that, but yeah, I might be a Christian. You never know. You know, but what I think mean? everything could be made fun of. That's it. Amen, dude. See, I say amen all the time, bro. Um, but yeah. So the actual all-star race gets started up. Everybody, I remember I did a DFS space that day. Uh, just completely shit the bed, dude. Bets, everything just went to hell because I decided that I was going to uh, to think that Kyle Busch was, was, was playing us. I thought Kyle Busch was sneak attack. I was about to sneak attack, but it was the other Kyle that actually did that. Um, and, and I didn't watch a truck race either because I was on my hiatus at that point. And I wish I would have now because, like, apparently that was the better race. But can can we just talk about Kyle Larson going from last to first at a track where nobody could do shit? Like, and what that really says about him? Like, we just got done with our garage talk with Mark Martin. If you hadn't checked that out, go check that out now. You can listen to it on the pod or on YouTube. Mark said it himself. Like, he is a once-in-a-generation talent. He is a guy that that – you can't really compare to these other guys because he's in a, he's in his kind of like own bubble through time as a driver. And, and I really understood that on Sunday. Like I really understood that because like watching everybody struggle their ass off in this car where everyone's bitching is like, Oh, it's the car. It's the car's fault. It's the car. And Kyle is just like, like it's your fault. Like watch my car. Yeah. 
Like it, it was in, it was berserk. Me and Greg probably we were on playback, and Greg and I were, I'd say for maybe the last hundred laps, we we were just like, it was like salt wound, dude, because it's like we didn't bet on Kyle Larson. Like I don't think anybody really did, but there was a lot of people on Twitter that did. So shout out if you did, or if you got him live before he was like minus seven million. Um, but dude, it's just like the the caution comes out with Ricky. And then his car just comes to life. And I said, there's only one other way. Like there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of spiritual things happening out there that weekend, man. Cause I was like, the spirit of God just jumped into the five card. Like, I just don't know what happened. Bro. It well, blew my mind. First of all, he pitted for tires. And I was saying that as soon as the caution came out, I, me and my dad were watching the race and I was like, if I'm pitting for tires for sure. Cause they had like these, they had plenty of sets. And the amount of green flag racing that you see here historically, I, I could not believe more guys didn't pit. That was that was a big thing. That also, not only did they pit and get fresh rubber, they also probably made some good adjustments as well and got him and, and made his car better because at the beginning of that race, yeah, his car was not good. And throw in the element of the Gen 7's short track package being brutal at these short tracks, it was, it was difficult to pass until guys started struggling because of tire fall off. So now you give Larson 18 lap, 20 lap, fresher tires. Bubba Wallace was another guy that pitted. Of course he drove his way up to second, finished second. The guys that pitted from the back to take tires were the, were the winners when it came to those two guys. But that's not the only thing like Kyle Larson. Like you said, I, I don't even know how to explain how insane that was for him to drive through the field like that because like Bubba was the second guy. Everybody else that took tires kind of stabilized, right? Yeah. It took Bubba. They were trying to put the visual up at one point. Like he was like six seconds ahead of him towards the end. Like everybody knew Kyle was going to win. And like somebody in the booth thought it would be a good idea to pull up the ghost car animations. Like let's check let's just take a look at this here. It's just like what why? No, like nobody's trying to pass anybody, but they were like briefly showing like how. No, was, I actually didn't. I didn't hate that. Same the, speed. I mean, it was cool. It looked no, better. Were, than it normally does. I will say that it looked like it got an upgrade. They were showing Larson's line compared to Bubba's line, and I thought that was kind of compelling, actually. Yeah, like you said, compared to what it usually is, the ghost car that Fox has is fucking like 2003. Man, it really is. I, 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 I don't want to get into that because it's upsetting to the production quality that every single week it's something new, but no, I think that it is insane how he drove through the field that way. And it took Bubba who was the next best guy way longer to get up into that second spot. It took Larson. I don't know how many laps it was, but he was in the lead very quickly and it took Bubba 30 or 40 more laps to get up to P2. So there's definitely the Kyle Larson factor. There's definitely the car was really good. They gambled on their setup because they were really bad in the heats. Yeah, and that's sure. the thing from, from a betting standpoint, I was pretty stunned how it all turned out because, and I know the heats they had, they were, de- they were dealing with different conditions with some rain and some wetness on the racetrack, different tire compound, but man, like the, the guys that were competitive, it was just not anywhere close to what I thought it would be based upon the heats. I mean, not even fucking close. Now, 
Now, I was scared of Kyle Busch. I bet Kyle Busch early in the week, and I was scared when I saw the Heat. I was like, they're bad. I was scared of Harvick when I saw the Heat, so I was like, they're bad. But, you know, I thought William Byron was good in his Heat. He ran top five the whole time. Uh, Suarez, I thought, was a top three guy. He faded seventh or eighth or whatever. Busher faded hard at the end of his race. Christopher Bell was a non-factor. He was good in his heat. Like, it was it was a flip-flop. Can we talk about William Byron real fast? So, like, I bet on William Byron as well. Um, and can we just talk about the fact that Rudy Fugel thought it was a good idea when William Byron's running the fucking uh, up in the top five to, to pit under green? We they talk? were not running top five. Dude, they had fallen way back. Still stupid, though. I agree. Still stupid. Like Kyle but, Bush doing it is, a, is one thing with his car being that shitty. But don't you think, like, like based off your strategy, right, is, like, if you were shitty in the heats, you should have been good at the actual race. That's what Kyle Larson did, but not everybody's Kyle Larson. So, yeah, when I bet on Kyle Bush, dude, I was just like, all right, like, this is this is go time. And I felt good about my Denny pick, too, because I had him at 11-1 to 1 early in the week. And he had dropped down to like eight to one or seven to one. And I was like, shit, okay. Homeboy must have done really good. No, did yeah, not. It was, it's just weird because like, and the tire strategy was important, right? It totally was. It, the tire strategy, those guys that were in the back that pitted, that was a winning call. And I was shocked that everybody else didn't pit. But that was the winning call. But I, even over these long runs, when they were equal on tires, after lap 100, when they threw that yellow, Joe Gibbs racing was bad. They were just bad. But 23XI with Reddick and Bubba were pretty good. They did have the track position from the, from a good strategy call, but they were actually fast. And guys like Bell and Denny and Truex were just awful. They were so bad. So that's you, another you, thing that's worth driver talent if this is short tracks. Ah, man, I don't know. You know, we know Tyler's not the best short track guy. Like, that's Bubba not is. really his. Bubba's and Bubba has been short tracks, but the best, I mean, two of the best short track racers in NASCAR statistically from this year and any year are Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex. And they were just not even close. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's just the unpredictability of the event. They were off on strategy. They didn't, they had worse fall off compared to Larson, like Chase Briscoe was really good. He was really fast at the end. I, I don't know. I think everybody just gambled on their setups and it paid off for some and it paid off and it didn't pay off for others. And obviously Kyle Larson was a rocket, an absolute rocket, but I don't think this is, I think this is a situation where you can't diminish the driver ability. No, that was Kyle Larson's hands. That was Kyle Larson's hands is what he did. He basically made North Wilkesboro a dirt track and put on a clinic and ran a dirt race around everybody because that's the one thing I was talking to Greg about on playback was the fact that he's the guy that we know at at a lot of races, and it's happened to me in the past before, like he will wear some tires out, bro. Like he don't give a shit. Like he will sling the hell out of a car. This was like the one track out of all those times, out of all the years, this is the track he was waiting on. I mean, the dude was like 12 seconds. He had like 12 seconds on the field at one point, bro. Dude, in a in a 400-lap race, he would have <laughs> lapped the field. Yeah. There's no doubt at the pace that he was running. It was crazy. That's, that's but, you know, it, it's also, honestly, if you want to use, which I really was kind of reluctant to use, like, short track data 
in betting this because I thought it would be more unpredictable, really. But I, I was reluctant to use data from like Richmond and Martinsville and the Clash, you know, similar quote unquote racetracks. But Larson won Richmond. He won Martinsville. And then he just won North Wilkesboro. So, I mean, clearly there's some kind of correlation. Like his short track package this year is tops at this moment in NASCAR. Yeah, he's killing it, man. It really is. And, dude, like his nutsack got bigger too, bro, because like he was cocky as hell. Like, I don't dude, know. Did you see? Hold on. Yeah, dude, pull up your phone. Like, he when just we were tweeted a second ago. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say when we were talking, that so, was a sick hype video. Two different Wayne songs? Come on. Oh, shit. Oh, you hadn't seen it? You hadn't seen it? He used two different Wayne songs. Jared Jared made that, dude. Jared made that for Kyle. Hands down. You think so? Yeah, dude, I know so. Jared Jared makes videos for Denny and Kyle and Ricky. Like he that that's 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 the homie Jared's work right there. It's gotta be. And the money Manziel up in there. Yeah, that, that was sick. Yeah. That was sick. Yeah. He like dude, when he came out and he was just like, That's he was like, That's an old school ass whooping right there. He was just like, Everybody else's car just sucked shit. Like, just like just saying stuff like that. And I was just like, I love this man. And then he burned it down for a full lap. That was my dad was sitting there like, How the hell is he doing that? I was like, Yeah, I mean, it's it's just him. Like burned it down for the whole lap going backwards. So that was like it that's cool to see that a great run for Bubba too, running second. Um, his car looked awesome, by the way, me and my dad were talking about how good his paint scheme looked. I love that Columbia blue and pink and black kind of looked like, kind of looks like our colors a little bit, but that's exactly what it looks like. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I mean, I was just like, anytime I see pink and blue, I'm like, fuck, dude, that's a vibe. That's so, garage guys logo. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Bubba. in Columbia 23 XI. But I yeah, I mean, XI. I like yeah, that. no, I, I do too. I think um other than that, man, like the short track package is desperately bad. And I'm honestly, I'm glad this happened. I'm glad this happened because I don't wish bad, right? But this is the kind of thing that could actually make some legitimate change happen because it's like we had this amazing hype. We had all these preliminary races that led up to this weekend that was so fucking electric it was so hyped the communities embraced it everybody's in love with it the truck race was exciting and then you come to the cup race and it just gets completely stunk up and part of that is kyle larson for sure but the quality of racing was bad and i know people are like oh well this that's north wilkesboro yes partially right but no, Richmond, not not like when you look at when you look at like late model stock cars and shit. Like the races there look a lot, lot more competitive. But because the cars have get up, they can they can they're not. It was a parade, bro. It was a parade for the most. Yeah, part. when late models race, you know they they're not as much bothered by these dirty air problems that the cup cars have. So that you and you don't have these fucking gear ratio issues conflicts either. What I'm talking about is if you go back. And watch North Wilkesboro races in the 90s, long green flag runs, right? Long green flag runs, a lot of guys getting laps. And I'm not asking for 80s slash 90s style short track racing to come back because short track racing in NASCAR, I think, got substantially better and more competitive in the 2000s and in the 2010s. 
people shit on like the obviously the Gen Four was great everywhere, but people shit on the car tomorrow. Car tomorrow was awesome at at uh, Bristol and Martinsville and had some good Richmond races too, right? Gen 6, especially the early part of Gen 6, was really good on the short tracks. Late Gen 6 was great at Martinsville, was great at Bristol. So this is like North Wilkesboro races this way, sure. But there's no doubt that if you combine Martinsville and you combine Richmond, this is a short track package problem. One million bajillion percent. The drivers, which I love, are getting more and more vocal about it. Like they're not afraid to say... This fucking blows, man. I know they're not saying that exact terminology, which I would love, but they are saying that this is an evident problem. And for NASCAR to be in this stage in the most one of the most hype events we've had in a long time, for the show to get stunk up and completely or continuously expose what we already know, I think is going to help in proactive change to this package and to make the racing better because NASCAR has got to be like, damn, this is a great event, but wow, we wish that race would have been a lot more fun and competitive. Yeah. And, and I, and look, I I've said it this week. I just feel like it's going to take time, right? Like you, we got to look at least another year, maybe two years before we really see some progress with this car. Hopefully they can do it in a year, but I think that the emphasis right now, should definitely be more on mile and a half tracks. And that's why I'm really excited about the Coke 600 because that was one of the most exciting fucking races that I've watched, I think, all year last year. But you can't you can't bring the hype into this kind of race, which people want short tracks. And I'm I'm fine with that too. But like short NASCARs being you know, they're appealing more to some of our grassroots fans by bringing back something like North Wilkesboro, right? Like they're, they're promoting more short track stuff in general. They got to be sitting here saying we cannot have that again. There is no, there's no fucking way we can allow a race to go that way. Based when everybody in the sport, all the athletes, all the industry members, all the pit crew and the mechanics, they're all saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. The package is bad. It's bad. We got, we, they can't let that happen again. I think, this is a good step in NASCAR recognizing there's an urgency level and not allowing a stink show like that to happen when it comes just to the racing product at North Wilkesboro. I'm going to, I don't think this is much of a North Wilkesboro problem as it is a package problem. And that's it for me. I will say, uh, I know that there was some people that came out there like DW even said, like, you're going to need to repave it at some point. And that's going to take away a lot of what the track is. But, um, you yeah, know, one thing I, I don't think this is going to be a points race anytime soon, though, Dale. Like, I, I think that this stays the all star race, but for the sake of the other short tracks on the schedule, like, I mean, I agree, we all want to just see good competitive racing at every track we go to, right? But it's like, don't you have to have like some give? Like, can you remember one season where every weekend was fantastic, right? But that this is, I don't think that's relevant here because every short track race is fucking terrible. That's where we're at right now. You mean, so it's not like a, it. it's not like a, every race isn't going to be exciting. Like, yeah, sure. But right now it's like a hundred percent of short track races are not good. 
objectively not good racing in NASCAR right now. So it's different. I will say some, I've seen a couple people mention this talking about the repave an idea. I don't think is the worst idea ever is repave the top and don't repave the bottom. Like give that extra grip up top. That yeah. way you, you can actually promote side-by-side racing because you're adding a grip level in another area of the track. I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff. You know, this is certainly not, I would think would not be like a fucking everybody's PG just going to gravitate. Everybody's going to gravitate to one side regardless. I mean, it's, I, I think that, that I mean, it'd be maybe cool. I don't know, dude. Like, I feel like this will probably be our all-star race, like moving forward for the next couple of years. I mean, they put a lot of money and a lot of time into this place. So I don't, yes. Another know. reason why the racing needs to be good. Yeah, exactly. So that is with Dale Jr.'s name kind of really being attached to this place too, not just for NASCAR, but the other series. Like, yeah, it's gonna be great for the other series, whatever. But for NASCAR, they they're gonna have to. Like it's either gonna be the full repave, they're gonna do the half repave, or you know, and I love how Bob Hockris asked Marcus Smith about dirt and he and Marcus Smith just completely ignored him. Like I thought it was fucking horrible. Oh, I didn't see that. But like, no, like talking about a repave, while it might be inevitable, it's not the right conversation. Mm -mm. That's the point. The the conversations, number one is the the package, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about a repave or ideas there. Um, I think but yeah. it starts with making it lighter. I, I will say that. I mean, like you said, it's just heavy. You beat and bang them. Like, I mean, I feel like they're going to have to maybe make the car a little bit lighter. Um, that's one thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I need to go. I need to go to pit. I need to go to like a pit crew school. I need horsepower. To- I think horsepower matters. And I think um, this diffuser is just so it's just so bad. It's so bad. Brad Kate. It just blows my mind. That's what I want. I want Brad K to 3D print cars just for North Wilkesboro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know who also this probably isn't a great segue. <laughs> who has a, a dirty air problem, but not as bad of a dirty air problem is uh IndyCar. Yeah. And uh the dirty air problem won't be as bad at Indianapolis going 245 miles an hour as it is going 60 at North Wilkesboro. Boy. Oh boy. Man, now I'm just thinking about Indy 500, bro. Dude, all right. So, look, we we talked about Wilkesboro. Everybody knows what's happened here. Don't forget to check out the Garage Guys report. I talked a little bit about it on there, too. But- hey, guys, don't think I'm neg- I'm I'm sorry for – I feel like I'm not a negative person. The event was a success, 100%. Vibe, let's just fix – Yeah, let's just vibe. fix the race cars. Seeing Mike Joy, DW, and Larry McGirdles in the booth no, almost but- made me shed a tear when they were together. And – DW was great. He was so sharp. I thought he was so good. I was like, damn, can he just come back every week? I honestly was in my the back of my head. I was like, damn, that'd be kind of cool if he just came back. Cause he was, he brought energy, which is what that fucking Fox booth really needs. Dude. I still think all the time back to like last year when we got to do that iRacing thing with dude, that was just like, that was, that's a pinnacle moment in life right there um yeah agreed agreed but yeah no i i don't want to be negative nancy it was a good event no it, it like i look at it like this i never really even cared of what we saw on the on-track prior this is just me being real being real and raw i could have gave a shit less what we saw for on-track product because i thought that was just gonna be so much beating and banging it was gonna be a caution fest and it was gonna be like the clash 
So I was just always my head was in there with Winston vibes. That's where I was for the whole week. So that worked. That was an A plus plus plus. So and I want one of those hats too. If anybody listening to this got one of the North Wilkesboro hats for the event that have like the uh the the golden leaves, looks like the the old Goodyear hats. If anybody has a spare one, college boy. That's all I'm saying. I want that fucking hat bad. Also uh, proud of everybody that went, and it seemed like everybody had a great time. And I, uh, there's so much garage fam out there, dude. Seems like they all fucking loved it. Yeah. Next, you know what else? You know what else is a great time? What's that? Indy 500. The motherfucking greatest sporting event on planet Earth, the Indy 500. I'm. I cannot wait till next year to go. I know you're going this weekend. So I saw I saw where Graham Ray Hall got bumped by Jack Harvey. And then I also found out that his dad 30 years ago was bumped out. And I was just like, I feel like that there might be a curse there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, Bobby's a Bobby won it in 86. Graham's been I won't say super close, but he's been kind of close. But yeah, that was, dude, I mean, that's the trials. And that's one thing I love so much about the Indy 500. Like, that was a super sad, emotional moment for Graham Rahal. Like, God, I felt gutted. But like, that's the beauty of, of that race is that they, no one is immortal. Like, NASCAR has a very, very structured safety net system for their top teams. But Indianapolis is like, you could be Roger Penske's guy. You could be Chip Ganassi's guy. You could be a mega powerhouse, and you can miss that race. And I love that, man. I fucking love that. That is that is a pinnacle motorsport move for me. That is as natural as it gets when it comes to the process of qualifying for an event. If you're not fast enough, if you get beat by, you know, in that case, 33 guys, you aren't racing on Sunday. And no one's safe. Uh, That's how no, it nobody's be. safe. And, and back in the day, like they had, you know, it was like the it was like NASCAR having 60, 70 entries for the Daytona 500. Uh hella voice crack. Indy 500 had a shit ton of entries too. And and bump day used to be 10 to 15, 20 drivers going home, right? So now it's just one, and it just happened to be Graham Ray Hall. But I will say. I wonder by the time this podcast drops if we'll get an announcement that all thoughts, condolences, wishes go to uh, Stefan Wilson, who was in a the first accident of May at Indy. Bad accident with him and Catherine Leg. He was taken out on a stretcher, hospitalized. He's okay, uh, but he fractured vertebrae. He will not race in the Indy 500. Kind of, kind of weird because there's a good relationship there with Graham Rahal. And now everybody thinks Graham is going to drive that car and get back in it anyway. Um, but obviously first, first things first, like hope Stefan's okay going forward, but yeah. now Ray Hall might race after all about it at all. He's, he's definitely cares about the life for sure. But yeah, I read somewhere where like Bobby, like Bobby could have like pulled out like another car, like entry or another sponsor or whatever. Like he was thinking about buying him another ride. Like, it was possible that he could. Which I think, I feel like Graham would decline that. I feel like Graham would be like, no, like, that's not right. That's a pussy move if you do that, I feel like. 
to buy out another. Yeah, and and that happens in NASCAR. My dad a owns lot. a team, and I'm supposed to be here. Like that's the kind of vibe I would get immediately. I happens. don't think Graham would want that because he seems like he has a lot of respect for his competitors. I didn't see that as a possibility, but uh, I did see some people saying like, oh, well, he might. There's four Ray Hall cars in the field, and they might take out like a, you know, Catherine leg and put Graham. And I was like, nah, there's just no way that's going to happen, man. Like these guys. Contract year too. Like, and he's already came out and said that like, if the cars don't get better, he doesn't want to come back to his own dad's team. Yeah, I um they they've they haven't been good this year. And a couple of years ago, I mean Takuma Sato won the Indy five hundred driving a Ray Hall car in uh twenty twenty. So I think it's Graham Ray Hall I think Graham Ray Hall's best chance to win the five hundred was just two years ago. Like he was fucking good that year and then had a loose wheel and crashed. So it's weird how they've fallen off so bad. But no, the event I, I, we talk about it all the time. I imagine people are sick of hearing me say it. Cause I say it everywhere I go and because I get a question doing live streams and stuff. I get questions all the time. Like what's your favorite blah, 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 Indy 500. And I'm an NASCAR guy first, but everybody's got to experience the Indianapolis 500 in person. It is a bucket list event, largest one day sporting event on earth. Fact it's pure electricity and fun. No matter what. I will, I will agree. I will second that. And I didn't even see it at full capacity. So that's how, you know, it's real. I can't wait till next year. It's going to be fucking incredible. I, I talked about that on, on the show too. Just like it changed my life, like completely. Like I love IndyCar now. Um, who, yeah, who I, who's like, I like, I don't want to stay too hung up on it. Cause I know we'll, we'll definitely talk about it a little more uh, as we get closer to the weekend. But like, who's like, like, who's your, who, who's like one guy that you've been thinking about like all year that you want to bet on for the Indy 500. It would, if, all year, because the odds have been up like all year for this. Yeah. Um, probably Alex Pillow, because he's been amazing the last two years, not leading a shit ton of laps, finishing second. Ganassi's 45, didn't he? What's that? Didn't Pillow put down a 245? Uh, two, 235, 235. Which, I mean, they all, dude, I mean, they're, you, you just had crazy, the, the speeds are just crazy right now. They're absurd. Um, but yeah, I mean Ganassi, just like last year, they're they're bringing some of the fastest cars. Uh, now Polo, which I got at eight to one. Now you're looking at six to one because he got the pole. Um, and I still think I would pay that because he's just been so damn good here, and he's been so close. He's a former champ. Champions win this race at some point. Most champions of the sport come through and win the Indy 500, and he's got the car to do it. His teammate uh, Mark Erickson won it last year. Nobody has repeated in winning the Indy 500 since 2001 and 2002 with Elio Castroneves. It's like impossible to repeat win this race. That's how difficult it is. It's probably Alex Blow's time, but I'm betting on Connor Daly. I'm betting on our dude, 50 to 1. He's got a good race car. He didn't qualify well. He's said it. He's not the best qualifier, but his car and race trim over the past couple of years has been very competitive. And he's getting closer. He's knocking on the door. So I think Connor Connor Daly fifty to one is a good bet. Um, they turn and I'm out on, dude, for for the Indy five hundred, bro. Like they like they they be showing up, and showing out, dude. He uh yeah, and he's a sentimental favorite too. Like when he oh my god, what year was it? 
It may have been 2021 when he led a bunch of laps. When he led the laps and he was in that gray car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, you were there. Yeah. I was just dude. like, I didn't know who Connor Daly was at the time. Everybody's like, dude, it's Connor Daly's leading. I was just that's, like, yeah. yeah. He's a, he's been a big Indiana favorite for a long, for a while, but he, um, man, it, that, that, that race was like half capacity and the crowd was just going berserk when he, when he was leading. I mean, it's, it's amazing to watch. And, I think it's like Earth we March, could, dude. I think we could be kind of due for a fuel mileage race. So I think that gives you even more reason to bet on a couple underdogs like Connor, who's gonna be, I think, is gonna be competitive and yeah. probably you know, he's never won in the IndyCar series. He's been close in the Cindy 500. I would not be surprised if Ed Carpenter Racing took some gambles with someone like Connor, right? Like Benjamin Peterson. There's some crazy juju sometimes with rookies. Like Alexander Rossi won the 500 years ago as a rookie, 2016, on fuel mileage. Benjamin Peterson is in an A.J. Foyt car. He qualified well. He's practicing well. He's a rookie. 80 to 1, put a little sprinkle on it. But You met um, Stingray Rob with me? Yeah, I don't know. Sting, I don't – I don't. Just amazing name, right? Yeah, dude, incredible. Amazing name, but I don't think he's going to be very good. I – um. But yeah, I'll just go ahead and finish it. I got I got Pato award seven to one or seven and a half to one. I got Polo eight to one, Rossi fourteen to one, Sato twenty to one, Daily fifty to one, Peterson eighty to one. The odds are good. You can bet six outrights and feel decent. It's worth it. I love my card for this weekend for the Indy five hundred. I I am definitely going to be taking a look at what you got. I'm sure I'll call you and talk to you again, but I've said this earlier. I'm, I think you said that the man was like cursed here. I like magic. So I want to break the curse. Like I want to fix the problem. I'm, uh, Scott Dixon. I'm going to bet on Joseph Newgarden. Oh, well, yeah. I don't, 14. I don't know if he's in that curse category as much as I think it was Scott Dixon you mentioned. I was getting the two of them confused. Yeah, and Scott Dixon won this race, but like the guys had the best car in this race like seven times, and he only has one win to show for it. So I do kind of feel like Scott Scott Dixon's curse. Joseph, it's just Team Penske. Ever since Montoya Juan Pablo Montoya won this race in 2015, ever since Penske, other than Pagano in 2019. The other Penske, oh, I'm sorry. Nope. Power. Will Power Will Power won in 2018. Pagano in 19. Newgarden's just kind of been the 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 guy in Penske that hasn't shown much at this race. It's so weird because gotta, he's, he's gotta, the best. Yeah. He's the best oval racer in the sport. Right. That's what Penske yeah. and Penske's kind of off on speed this year. So I I think it's gonna take some, you know, I think it's they're they're, they're gonna need some help in the Penske fleet to have a shot. Wait to bet on that fucking race, dude. Um, I don't want to stay too hung up. The odds have just dropped for the Coke 600. I've only got one bet that I've I've laid money down on, and it's a giant long shot. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know that I put like 0.15 units on Chris Busher at a hundred to one to win the Coke 600. He wrecked last year. Now he's coming to wreck the checkered flag. There we go. Long shot wonder, Chris Busher. And honestly, RFK, you know, they they've they they've been finding a way just to rhyme. I'll say that. Yeah, I think um looking at Barstool and Caesars, I know Superbook, they're they're good about dropping early. I don't know who else has, but you know, sticking with the RFK train, 
I want to bet Brad K for top forward when it comes up. I don't know what Caesars has it. I don't think so. But also, if you look at outrights, and there's a big discrepancy between Brad K on Caesars versus Barstool. Uh, and Barstool, about- he's Barstool, he's thirty-five to one, and Caesars, he's sixty to one. I think sixty to one, like kind of how you're feeling with Busher. Like Brad K has been competitive. Uh, very competitive at Fontana. He was kind of competitive at Vegas, but used bad strategy. Mm-hmm. And they, it's it's just an improved program, right? And as chaotic as this race, dude, they're pick. Yeah, yeah, Pickru, Pickru has been has been good, but no, I, I just think with um, how crazy this race was last year, I don't think it'll be near as crazy. I don't. But this right. is a race where you have more potential for strategy because it is such a long race, right? It's such a long one. So I think um, even with the improved program, I think Brad K 60 to one, I'm not saying I'm betting it right now. Um, Everything I bet on is trash in NASCAR right now in my life. So um, I'm not, I think I'm probably going to take my time, but I think the 2311 guys need to be considered. We're kind of getting to a point where, 2311 with Bubba, particularly Bubba, uh, but but Tyler as well. They're kind of getting to a point where they're pretty good everywhere, man. I mean, they're they're getting better and better and better. And they've had some mile and a half speed this year. So I think looking at Bubba Wallace at 20 to 1 with the momentum that he's riding, not a bad bet. Tyler Reddick, 15 to 1 on Barstool, but you're looking at 15 to 1 on Caesars as well. So yeah. I think the 2311 guys could be interesting to get an early bet on because they've also qualified really well uh, several times this year. So that's kind of, that's caught my eye, the 2311 guys. And then Brad K. Cause I mean, you're going to look at the Hendrick guys. You're not going to be able to get anything good on the Hendrick boys, man. They're, they're... Danny last year. And that was a huge hit, dude. Like there's nothing like bagging a Coke six, but because it's just grueling. You're just sitting there on the couch just as they just keep going and going and going. And it was so much chaos. So I want to do it again. I think I can do it again. You know, I'm- yeah, I uh I hit 21 with Larson, which was the easiest bet of all time. I like we had like that was like what seven to one. They like, did, yeah. They hung him some <laughs> there was some book that hung him out there and fucked up really we're bad. Andy 500 for that one. We watched that one at the, the RV. That was like when we first went on tour. I hit that was one of my best betting nights of all time. Was that uh Coke 600? Because I just triple mega double dog dipped in on Larson, like three units to win, three units top three, three. I had everything in my retirement fund on Larson you bet on him that day did I bet on who Astronovas. no so this is why if, if you just heard my Indy 500 picks consider taking them for top three because three years in a row my top outright play has finished second I had Pato award last year I had Alex Plo in 21 and I had Scott Dixon in 2020 they all finished second so Consider that when you listen to my Indy 500 bets. But that that year where Larson was so dominant, uh, I think that night I cleared a, around three grand, around 30 units for me. So it's a payday. Yeah, that, it's, it's a month paycheck for people. Yeah, it'd be nice to make something like that happen. But it's a totally different NASCAR now, man. It's totally different. It's a lot harder. 
I like it. I, I, I like it except for short tracks. Like I'm just constantly just like, yep, there's going to be wrecks tonight. Who can get around them the best? And then it makes no yeah. sense just like anything else does. I don't know. It just, yeah. Call it a gift, like a, a gift from, from God sometimes, but lately. It'll, uh, regardless, it'll be, a, it'll be a great weekend. It's just such a great, it's the best weekend to be a living motorsports fan. Best and, uh, month to be a motorsports fan. This entire month has been good. I don't, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like I've lost more in the, in the month of May than I have all year. And I'm just still just having a great time. Like why, yeah. you know, but this weekend is like, is the pinnacle. Like yeah. the month has been good, but this weekend is like the leads to, Oh man, I just can't wait to be there. I, I get, I get goosebumps just thinking about Indy. Um, somebody tweeted about a garage guys meetup. Cause I've gotten some messages about Indy Saturday during the day. I will be at 10 roof with uh, Joey Molinero uh young mantis i don't know if you guys know mantis he's fucking hilarious he sent me some merch the other day sick shirt by the way uh i think his company's called 31 31 heaven they make like indie style shirts so it's sick but that was a really fun event last year joey and his guy um yeah what is his name uh he does like the the he does a lot of skits with them the guy's got like yeah yeah Hey. 80 million followers, dude. He's God. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his name's Ben or something, but... Pinozzi, um, Pinozzi, something like that, yeah. Yeah, they put on a good event at Ten Roof, and um, I was going to say, if any garage fam is wanting to go have some drinks on Saturday, I plan on being there with those guys and uh, having a good time, get, getting pretty turnt on Saturday before the 500. So looking forward to it. And anybody out there, if you listen to this pod... Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a DM, and uh, hopefully I can meet up with as many guys as possible. Otherwise, I'll be in the I'll be in the track on Friday. I'll be in the track on Sunday. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a fucking spectacular event. I cannot wait. Make sure you go see Dale if you're in Indy. And look, if you're not in Indy this weekend, if you're going to Charlotte for the Coke 600, have a great time. If you're not going anywhere and you're feeling a little sad about it, don't because you need to come to playback.tv slash garage guys on Sunday. I'm doing the double header, probably not going to do Monaco, but I will be streaming the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 followed by the Coke 600 it is going to be a long fucking day. We're going to have fun. We're going to win some money. And so just bring your A game. Come to the chat. Again, playback.tv slash garage guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoy it. It's the greatest week in motorsports. We are finally here. Let's have a fucking weekend. Hell yeah. <laughs>